a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Here's our host, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio. The medical profession is one filled with heroes. We depend on our doctors, nurses, and medical administrators uh, in so many ways. And in the medical profession, men and women have to reconcile themselves with the, the cycles, the cycles of life and death, and experience great triumph and relief as a patient recovers, the tragedy, the sadness, uh, because not every patient uh, can be saved. Our guest today, and this is uh, such a great space for us to move into on a day like today where we've dealt with a lot of shenanigans and things that don't really matter. Uh, this is a, an important conversation, and our, our guest today knows these experiences personally from a, a lifetime, a career as an anesthesiologist, and he's just released an, a new book. Uh, it's called, it's all about the, the sharing, the, the life lessons uh, that he learned from patients and the people who put their trust and lives in, in doctors' hands and other healthcare professionals. Uh, Dr. David Alfrey is an MD, board-certified anesthesiologist in Nashville, Tennessee. The book, uh, which just caught my eye, is called Saving Grace, What Patients Teach Their Doctors About Life, Death, and the Balance in Between. Uh, Dr. Alfrey, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Uh, so let's dive right on into it. Give us uh, the real premise. What is the essence of this book, and what uh, drove you to get into this space? Well, I finished a 36-year career uh, as a cardiac anesthesiologist in Nashville, Tennessee. And as I look back at my career, there were so many amazing things that happened. I wanted to put it down on paper. And then I looked to see you know, what other books had been written by anesthesiologists that sort of described the secret world of the operating room. And I found that none of them were really written by an anesthesiologist or a nurse anesthetist. Mm. So I decided to write from the perspective of the person who's at the head of the table, what goes on in the operating room and in the ICU. And then from that, it expanded into, you know, sort of the things you learn in life just from practicing medicine. Yeah, and so as you've uh, gone through that, what are some of those key lessons that you've learned, uh, again, both in those triumph moments uh, and in some of those that are, are really hard? Well, uh, overall, you learn that there's a shared humanity that we have with everybody, whether you're a doctor-patient relationship, uh, your neighbor across the street, uh, your friend, uh, the postman. And the basis of that shared humanity are the relationships that we have with them. And some of the things that I learned were the, the fact that if you have grief, you can share that. If you, if you let someone into your grief, mm. that there's a fragility to life that uh, so easily a patient can slip to one side or the other, a miraculous save or a, a, a heartbreaking loss. Um, that we need to be grateful for what we have. And uh, I had unbelievable gratitude from my patients. 
Um, and then a lot of other lessons that are sort of in the book. There's 15 chapters and really 15 lessons. Yeah. Well, give us some perspective on those. I, I just find this so fascinating. One, I love this idea of the interconnectedness uh, that, again, when, when someone is on that operating table, it uh, doesn't matter what their professional title is or how much money is sitting in their bank account. Uh, everyone has that fragility that you talked about and then that interconnectedness in terms of those that uh, survive and those and those that don't. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, everybody comes to the operating room equal. It doesn't matter whether you're rich or poor, famous or unknown. Um, you're just a patient, and you're very vulnerable. You're sort of at the mercy of your uh, medical professionals. And you might think it odd that an anesthesiologist would have sort of a, a deep connection with the patients because, for the most part, our patients are asleep. But when they come to us, Within 15 minutes, they're basically saying, I'm going to trust you, a total stranger, to take me closer to death than I'll ever come in my lifetime and bring me back again. Mm. And that kind of intimacy really makes a bond between anesthesiologists and their patients. Yeah, It's a tremendous trust that we're given. I was going to say, that is the kind of trust uh, that we don't talk about very often. Uh, Yeah. Oh, yeah, one of the things I try one of the things I'm sorry one of the things I tried to to emphasize in the book is that you know just about all physicians understand that it's a privilege to take care of patients that society gives us this ability to you know to to take a patient and just do our best for them and that's a, a tremendous responsibility and a real honor to be able to do yeah one of the things I know you talk about in the book is uh, when your own daughter was in surgery. Describe that for us in terms of uh, a little bit of a change of perspective in terms of uh, how all that plays out. Yeah, you know, when I went into medicine, I I very naively thought that I'd sort of have a leg up on everybody if I had a, a family member get sick because I'd sort of have an inside track and I, I'd know what's going on and be able to decipher it and be able to navigate those waters a little bit better. But when my daughter had a huge back surgery at Vanderbilt University, she developed a life-threatening bleed called disseminated intravascular coagulopathy. And I realized at that time personally just how helpless families are when a loved one gets sick. And all my medical training and all the skills that I had, they didn't mean anything. Mm. What really meant was who was taking care of her in the operating room and could they bring her through this? Yeah. Um, it was the terror that, that families feel that I had never felt before. 
Yeah, uh, that is fascinating. Uh, give us one more of the of the lessons uh, that are included in your book uh, that you've learned through this uh, just extraordinary journey. Again, taking people closer to death than they'll ever experience while they're alive and then bringing them back. What are some of the other lessons that you've learned from your patients in that process? Um, a big one was perspective. I went on a number of medical missions with a group called Operation Smile. And we had a, uh, we had a little orphan girl in Romania, and we operated on her feet. And she had bad, bad club feet, and we sort of repaired that as best we could. But she had other congenital abnormalities. And when she woke up, she was crying. And I thought, gosh, she's hurting. And I asked her, are, are you hurting? Have I given you enough pain medicine? She shook her head. And I said, well, Lydia, why are you crying? And she sobbed out, I'm normal. I'm normal. And with all the other abnormalities she had, her feet had been fixed. And for her, that was enough. And yeah. that, just changed my whole perspective on life. Uh, I love that. And uh, hence the very appropriate title, Saving Grace, What Patients Teach Their Doctors About Life, Death, and the Balance in Between. Now, the book will be out on January the 10th. A great one to check out to Dr. David Alfrey is the MD board-certified anesthesiologist in Nashville, Tennessee. And, uh, Doctor, we appreciate you sharing some perspective on that. We look forward to the book. Uh, again, I love the title, Saving Grace, uh, and so much that we can all learn from each other, uh, especially in that balance in between. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. We'll go ahead and step aside for one last commercial break. When we come back, we'll round out the day. We'll keep our eye on what's happening and not happening on the floor of the House of Representatives. Stick around. We'll be right back. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.